Y'all ready for the word? All right. We reduced it to nine. Go to Luke 8. Uh, I had an aha moment again this morning where God began to deal with me over something, and I want to obey God. Um, you know, pastoring is not preaching. It includes preaching. It's not just preaching. Pastoring is dealing with people. Preaching is just dealing with giving you the scriptures. I could just preach and go home. That's not pastoring. Pastoring is when I pick up the heart of God for Crystal. And I come in and, and God has something to say to Crystal or to Steve. And your life is better because of that. And, and that's, that's more like parenting than preaching. So today I'm going to do a little parenting. Is that fine? Luke 8. So I'm going to start off by asking you questions. Don't be afraid to answer because it's not a trick question. And there's not anybody going to be stupid. How many people in this room right this minute have tomato plants growing in your backyard? Raise them up high. One, two, three, four. That's it. Okay. No condemnation for the ones of you that don't have tomato plants. But now I am going to ask a question and you're going to think I'm a little silly for a minute, but I'm not. How did that tomato plant get there? You planted it? Okay. How did yours get there? My dad planted it. Your dad planted it from a seed. How did yours get there? You bought it. All right. Now, I want you to notice that none of these people said, we don't know. We just walked out one day and there's tomatoes growing in the backyard and we just started eating them and we've been enjoying them ever since. No, but you, you never heard that and you never will. If there is a plant... Somebody put it in the ground. If they're actually getting tomatoes off of it, someone's watching the plant. Someone's cultivating that plant. Now, um, go to Luke. I'm going to read about the sower that sows the seed. And we're going to talk about the holidays. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving and Christmas. Where I'm going to talk to you as a pastor about the time between now and January of your life and your walk with God. I'm going to get you to where you're still walking with God come January. Because of the season that we're entering into. Luke 8 Verse 4, and when a great multitude gathered, they came and said, he spoke a parable. A sower went out and sowed seed. He sowed and some of it fell by the wayside and was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried. He's, he's talking loud. He who has ears to hear, hear what I'm saying. You need to hear what I just said. When the disciples ask him later, and they said, what, what, is that, what does that parable mean? He says, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to the rest I say it in parables. So seeing they don't see, hearing they don't understand. Now the parable is this. The, the, the seed is the word of God. Now, let me stop right here and make a statement to you. There's nothing on this planet more important than, than the word of God. Without the Bible, without the Word, you would not be born again. You would not be filled with the Holy Ghost. Nothing. There is nothing good going to happen for you apart from the Word. Nothing. That is the most important thing in your life. 
So Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all things will be added unto you. The word is Jesus. To the degree you love the word, you love Jesus. To the degree you love Jesus, you love the word. All right. Nothing wrong with the seed. The seed was perfect. Now, we're going to get into this in a minute because every once in a while, people come back and they ask, what's wrong with the seed? Nothing. The issue that Jesus is dealing with here is the soil. It's not the seed. So he starts off and he says, those by the wayside are those who hear and the devil comes and takes the word out of their heart lest they should believe and be saved. That's none of us in this room. The ones on the rock are those when they hear, they receive the word with joy and they have no root. And if, you're, if you came here from north of the Mason-Dixon line, that's root. And you believe for a while, but in a time of temptation, fall away. Let's stop. I'd ask Jesus, I mean, Josh, Justin, if he could find a picture, maybe he didn't. I, I often like to go back and talk to people about where I come, came from. Because you sort of think you're sitting here in a hopeless situation. Now, when I got born again, I owned one pair of blue jeans. I owned one shirt. I think I had two pair of underwear. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember ever going naked, so I must have had two pair. I owned a bed, a washer, dryer, and a car and a shotgun, and a black frying pan. That's pretty much all I owned. I didn't have any work. I had no money. And, and I made $83.30 a week. And um, every, every weekend we played poker, and uh, I cheated. <laughs> I, was the, I was the best cheater, and therefore I won lots of pennies. I had a jar full of pennies. And they said to me one time, we were playing poker, Morgan, you cheated. And I said, we're all cheating. I'm just cheating better than you. I'm not playing poker better than you. I'm cheating better than you. And if y'all want to know how I did it, I'll tell you. Because it don't matter now. I had a friend next to me named Claude. And I, and I would show him my hand and he was feeding me cards. They were looking for me that I'm slipping something from under the table. And they saw I never moved my hand. I never did anything. But I always had a real good hand. Because two people playing this hand. You win a lot of pennies. So if you ever want to be a crook, that's how you do it. <laughs> now, when I got born again, I only knew one scripture. The Bible made zero sense to me. But I remember the day that I got home from the crusade and the Lord said to me, get the beer, now this is me, get the Playboys, get the rock music, and throw it in the garbage. Why did he say that to me? Because he knew those were a temptation to me. And he knew I needed to get them out of my life. So, so there's an area of our life that we can just walk away from things. But I'm going to show you that the things that you are dealing with right now are not sin at all. They're not the things that you can walk away from. It's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. Okay, let's read the next one. 
The ones that fell on thorns are those when they have heard or go out and choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. Let me ask you a question. Is cares sin? No, it's not. What about riches? Is it wrong to be rich? No, it's wrong to have money. Is having a job wrong? As a matter of fact, can you live without it? No, you can't. And then what about pleasure? Is it wrong? It's not wrong to have pleasure. One of the things that you're going to find out about your life is that the biggest issue you're facing right now is the fact that what many of you are doing are good, but it's not God. If you trade God for good, you'll sit here on Sunday And you'll look at me and say, I am a good Christian. And I will look at you and say, yes, you are. Not a thing wrong with you. But he said that you're bringing no fruit to maturity. That means that what you're doing is not working. And you're baffled by it. You're sitting there going, I I have no idea why. This is not working for me. Now, all of us, including me, have dealt with this. I've I've had times in my life where I was absolutely on fire for God. I, I got people saved all the time, preached all the time. I never missed church. You couldn't beat me out of church. But now there also was a time in America, and it hadn't been more than 20 years ago. We actually had Sunday morning and Sunday night services. Y'all remember that? And I mean, nobody missed church. I mean, when Kenneth Copeland came to town, I would look around at the meetings, and everybody in our church was outside the door an hour before the meeting started waiting to get in. Y'all remember that? I mean, it was like we couldn't get enough of God. But time goes on. We go on and we grow in God and God blesses us and we get more money and we get more things and we get more stuff. And then after a while, you have to quit having Sunday night services, not because it's God, but ain't nobody here. Now the holidays are coming and I'm starting to look around and see people you see maybe twice a month on Sunday. And you're not bad. As a matter of fact, you're good people. There's a danger. There's a great danger, and Satan knows it. Can't get you to sin. But he can sure change your appetite. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about me. Right after I got born again, I had, there was something I loved. Chocolate milk and zingers. I loved chocolate milk, and I loved those gooey, gooey zinger cakes. As a matter of fact, where I worked at Certain Teed, we had a machine out there, and it knew my name. And it, every day at 10 o'clock, I could hear it calling me. This is zinger, come eat me. And I, I mean, I'd almost have a nervous breakdown to get out there and get me a zinger and a chocolate milk. 
And I remember the day the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to fast the zingers and the chocolate milk. And I went, God, no. <laughs> and, and he began to show me my belly. And then I weighed less and had a bigger belly. I mean, I, just, I was the Pillsbury Doughboy. They, they, they actually used my image and made a... I should get royalties off of that. Little fat little white boy. Anyway. But I remember the day that the Lord said, I want you to fast those zingers and chocolate milk. I don't want you to eat any for a month. Oh, my God. I, I remembered. I, I said, okay, Father, I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. I, I, I just And I set myself apart and, and I consecrated myself. And just like Christmas, I'd go in there in 29 days. Until I can have a zinger in 28 days. And I remembered walking by the machine and I felt like an alcoholic and I'd shake. And the zingers would be going, I love you. I love you too, but I can't have you. Not for 28 more days. And, and, it, and I mean, it was, I felt like an alcoholic. Because I found out something. I, you know, you can get rid of the playboys, but you can't get rid of food. You got to eat. Now, I'm going to stop right here in the middle of my Zinger story. I'm going to make a statement to you. You will never enjoy good food because Zingers trump green beans. Did you know that? Sugar is addictive. Green beans are not. I'll show you. Now, you, the ones you say it is, I'll, I'll, I'll show you why I said that. At the end of 30 days, I, I remembered walking by the machine, and I remember that every day I, I desired them less. And I can remember somewhere around 20-something days, I, I remembered walking by the Zinger machine, and I had this crazy thought, I want some green beans so bad right now. My body began to crave food. The sugar was gone. It was out of my system. And, and, and so here's the moral. I never ate a zinger again. I never wanted another one. I could give a rip about the stupid things. I hadn't had a Coke in so long because they taste like syrup. So I remembered my body changed. And when it changed and I got all that out of my system, my body began to crave food. And I went home and I cooked some squash. If you're not from Georgia, you don't know what I'm about to say. You cut that squash up and you put it in some olive oil and some pepper in the frying pan. And then you cut your okra up and you chunk it in there. And, and, the, and the more crunchy it is, the better it is. And, my, and I, began, I remember my body began to change. Now I'm saying all this because of this. Facebook trumps God. Oh, yeah, it does. Disney trumps God. Entertainment. Listen, if you if if you are if you if you are addicted to entertainment, you will lose your appetite for the Bible. You'll lose your appetite for church. Your Bible is laying at home and it's, it has no more writing in it than when you bought it. You have no hunger for the word. 
Are you all out there? I'm doing a pretty good job preaching. And, and I want you all to look at me and say, Pastor, thank you for loving us. Now, every one of us in this room deal with this because this is not sin. We're not talking about sin. We're talking about cares. When you go home and you want me to come to your house, I want you to mop your floor. I want you to vacuum the carpet. I do not want to walk in your house and see where your dog's been in there and no one's noticed him. And, and cat hairs are everywhere. Just do me a favor. Clean the house. That's, is that natural? That's normal. There's, you, you must. What about work? You got, you, you, listen, you, you've, you got, you've got to go to work. You got to wake up in the morning, you got to get ready, and you're going to go to work. And you need to go to work. You need to make a living, you need to make a paycheck. So where does God come into all this? What I'm talking about and what he was talking about here is not the work. It's the priority that, that you're sitting here on Sunday and you're thinking about the deal you're making at 1 o'clock today. And you're losing an appetite for God. Because now, it, it isn't that it's a job. Money has become God. Don't shout me down. Am I, am I, I'm doing all right. I'm going to do a Dwayne Sheriff. I'm going to stand behind this in case someone wants to chunk something at me. Jesus made a statement in Matthew. He said, you can't serve God in money. The people that are anti-prosperity message... It isn't that they're against the prosperity message. They really are against coveting. And they're really talking out of their own heart. They're telling you, I cannot seek prosperity and God. And they are right. And you can't either. There is a natural way to make money. There is a supernatural way to make money, and the supernatural way is to not put money first. And if you're going to do it naturally, then your finances are going to go up and down with the economy. Let's talk about healing for a minute. Your body heals naturally. Doctors assist nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doctors. And there's nothing wrong with changing your diet. I've had the Lord say to me, stop eating that. I've actually went down to the health food store the other day. And I got back on a certain vitamin. And when I did, I started sleeping the whole night. There's a natural side of life. Don't criticize people for that. But there is also a supernatural healing when nothing else, and if you want a supernatural healing, you're going to have to do something supernatural to get it. If you want tomatoes, you got to cultivate tomatoes. Don't come out there and tell me there's no tomatoes on your plants. You're going to have to, you've got to do something different. Now, here's the average American. Is that all right? You work all day, and I mean nothing wrong with that. And you come home, you get a shower, you sit down for a good dinner, and you walk in and sit down and turn the television on or your phone. The other day, I, I, yesterday, I was in my office studying for my message. And my phone went beep. And I put my Bible down and picked up my phone. 
Ten minutes later, I'm on Facebook. And I'm going, oh, this, uh, this, and, and, it, and it hit me. What are you doing? Well, I, I turned it off. That's okay. I didn't really turn it off. I turned the volume down, and I put it in the bedroom. And then a minute later, I heard beep. And I'm thinking, I wonder if that's, are y'all okay? It's quiet in this church. It's okay. It's all right. You just go with me to Isaiah 58. I'm talking about the holidays. I'm going to make a statement to you right now because I cannot look at you and say, don't you dare miss church. I can't do that. That's wrong. Here's why. We got people like Louie. He's a police officer. There may be times that he can't come. He don't need to live in condemnation that he's doing his job and doing what he's supposed to do. There also may be people in this church, you're on fire for God. You miss a Sunday. No, no, you can't look at it. You can't judge someone's heart. But I'm going to tell you all something. If you're having a bad week and you think going to the beach is going to fix it. Well, Pastor, we were going to be there, but. We're all head of the beach Sunday. Now, I know you. And there's some of you I need to look at you and go, you need to be here. But I don't do that. I, I will never do that. Because I really don't have that right. First of all, I've already found out that if I tell you the truth, most of you get mad. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you mad. You want to Listen, I've, I've already found out that some people can't handle the truth. And if you want to lose a friend, tell them the truth. Now, I'm starting to hear this more and more and more. I'm hearing it almost constantly. We got to go to the mountains. We got to get out of here. Go to the mountains. No, I'm not telling you don't go. It's October. The leaves are changing. Go to the mountains. I think Lisa's going to leave here one day soon, take off the mountains for a few days. But she'll leave on a Monday and come back on a Wednesday morning. Not, not, I didn't tell her to do that. She decided to do that. You and I cannot, we don't have the right to look at a person and tell them what to do with their life. We don't have that right. Shepherds lead. They're not cowboys. I don't drive you. I've got to have you to have enough sense in your head to where you're looking and going, do I think that that's going to fix my problem? I'm going through stress, and do I really believe that a week driving up in North Carolina fixes my problem? It's not going to fix your problem, guys. Because what you've done is you've traded cares, riches, and pleasures, and you're now looking to the world. That's the way the world does stuff. And now you're losing your appetite for God. You're eating zingers. Facebook is sugar. Now, let me say something else before we get going. I'm not going to put on a dog and a pony show for you. But right now, there's churches in America, if they're not entertaining you, they can't get you in church. They got to have a song, a dance, a whistle. A, I mean, they got, listen. I'm sorry, but we're just, you leave your dogs at home and your ponies, 
and you won't see rabbit ears on my head next Easter or the band. Okay, thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. So what is fasting? I'm going to show you what it is. Isaiah 58, 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression. And I'm not talking to you about sin, so, you know, calm down. The house of Jacob, their sin, yet they seek me daily tonight to know my way as a nation that does not, that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of God. They ask me ordinances adjusted. They take a delight in approaching God. And they say, why have we fasted? And yet you have not seen it. Why did we afflict our soul? You take no notice. In fact, in the day of your fast, you're finding pleasure. You exploit all your labors. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and strike with the fist of wickedness. You're not going to fast this day and make your voice heard on high. Is not this the fast that I chose a day for a man to afflict his soul? And I'm not talking about you coming to church and beat yourself up. And I'm not talking about you spend a day beating yourself up. But I'm going to tell you this. If you want to get off of zingers, you're going to have to walk by the machine. You've got, to, you got, to, you got to choose to grow tomatoes. You've got to choose God. You've got to choose that book. You've got to say, I, this is my time alone with God, and I'm going to sit here and read and pray. Jerry Savelle said one time that every time he would pray, he would fall asleep. Every time he'd read his Bible, he'd fall asleep. So he went and filled the bathroom up with water and, with water and put ice cubes in it. And he got down to his boxer shorts and sat on the edge of it and said, Body, don't fall asleep. <laughs> you will fall over in that cold tub. Now, I'm not saying that get that radical. But I am saying that fasting is, is a time in our life where we look and say, Body, you're not having that. There's no, that's not sin. You're not having that. Not right now you're not. Are you all understanding where I'm going with this? I'll tell you where this began. Uh, several months ago, the Lord asked me to stop doing something. And I said to him, this is not wrong. And it befuddled me that he asked me to stop. And I kept arguing with him. And I did. I argued with him for about a, I argued with him for a while. I want to tell you all how long. Because I kept thinking, why is this harmful? I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong. He'd also asked me to write my life story, which I only got one chapter done. And after a while, I began to see the wisdom of God that I, I, I stopped. I was thinking about that all the time. I mean, all the time. I'm battling in my soul with something that's pleasurable. And I finally said, Lord, I know it's not wrong. And I laid it down. I said, I won't pick it up until it no longer rules me. And I did. I just laid it off to the side. And I picked up my Bible and I said, what do you want to do? And I, drew, I began to draw nigh to God. And I began to realize that my enemy is me. My enemy is in my bathroom. And I'm not a sinner. And neither are you. Holidays are coming. I'm going to warn you. The world, their day off is Sunday. They do everything on Sunday. 
And they're going to invite you. And they're going to want to know why you've lost your mind. Now, I'm going to tell you another problem we have in America. This may not be true for you, but it's true for me. When I married Lisa, Lisa married a man with kids. So Lisa has our kids, my kids, her brother's kids. So now when my kids have Christmas, they go to their husband's house, their mom's house, their dad's house. And now Thanksgiving and Christmas is more like a pain. Because it's no fun. It's not like let's go to grandma's. It's go to grandma's and grandpa's and the other grandma and the other grandpa and the other grand aunt and the other uncle. And, the, and, and, it's gotten, and, and that's just kind of America today. So I went to my kids and I said to them, I said, listen, if, if, you, if you don't want to come over Thanksgiving, give me Christmas. I, I mean, I'm, I, you, you guys get the stress off of you. I don't want you showing up in my house for one hour and then booking it down to South Florida and then booking it up to New Jersey and then booking it over to Tennessee. At the end of the year, you're going, my God, I hate the holidays. And I think all of us have gotten into this rut because it's kind of expected of us. Come on, I'm preaching better than you, amen. It's actually getting difficult to enjoy the holidays. So I told the kids, I said, I want you to do something. Choose the day you come over. It don't even have to be the day. But stay. Don't come over and leave in an hour. You ain't doing that to me. If you're going to come and leave in an hour, don't even come. Come, enjoy your family, and give me some time. And then if you want, if you want, and I told him that this is this year. I said, if you don't want to come Thanksgiving, you do whatever you're doing, but, I, but come Christmas. And so we're talking about them coming to my house Christmas Day. That means that somebody else isn't getting them Christmas Day. That means just, just enjoy your life. But we're entering into a season that in the natural is stressful. And I'm going to tell you what y'all are going to give up. You're going to give up church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were traveling Sunday. Because you wouldn't miss work if hell froze over. Or school. Are y'all out there? Come on. I'm just, and, and you're not in sin. You're not, you're not bad. You're not being bad, but you're cooling off. There comes a day. Now, there was a time. Now, I'm 65, and when I was 50, now, we're going to talk about when I was good. If you and two of your buddies jumped on me, you would get off. Because I whoop you. And I had the muscles to do it. I was curling 135 pounds. I was benching 300. I'm 50. It didn't matter. I mean, I'm smoking the kids in the gym, much less the old men. But I don't smoke the old. I'm 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 on the geezer machines when I go in there now. I'm on I'm over there. I I worked out yesterday with an 85 year old woman. She's over there, and I said, "Can I get on there with you?" And we're working. We're working the same weights, man. But I'm not at a disadvantage because I carry a gun. I might be old, but, you know, okay, okay. All right. If, if you're going to get in a fight, you need to be ready for the fight. And you're going to get in a fight. I'm going to say this again. You're headed to a fight. You're headed to a fight. 
And you might, you might win and you might not. Based on what? Based on what you're doing right now. If you're not ready when you get there, if, you're not, if you hadn't been in the gym, you're not ready for the fight. Now, any of all of us watch the Rocky movies, and I don't know about all you women, but all the men. I love the Rocky movies. But I, my, one of my favorite was Mr. T. And Rocky thought he was stud muffin. He thought his title was going to get him there. He went in the ring, and that guy beat the mud out of him. And then he went back and went, what hit me? Are y'all out there? Now, if all you women didn't understand that, ask your husbands or your boyfriends. They will explain what I just said. So Rocky went out after that, and he, and he got serious and said, this won't happen again. Was that Mr. T, or am I thinking of two different ones? That, they're all running together now. I, I never did like the fact... I never did like the fact that he had to get beat up for 10 minutes before he got mad. Oh, never mind. Mark Ramos and I were at the movies. That's my sister Nancy's husband. And we were watching a Rocky movie. We were in Altamont. And the place is quiet. And, and Rocky's fighting. And I, I couldn't stand it. I jumped up in my seat and I said, hit him again, Rocky. And this poor old woman in front of me, popcorn went everywhere. She dove out of her chair under the seat. And then Mark looked at me and he jumped up in his seat. And next thing you know, everybody in the theater is in their seat. And we're all helping Rocky out. Hey, hit him right there. Don't, bam, bam, bam. Take him out, dude. Knock him down. Anyway, you have to be a man maybe. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're not getting ready for the fight right now, you're going to lose it. Now, what is fasting? Fasting is not dealing with just sin. Fasting is dealing with things that are not sin. It's the things in your life that are choking the word of God out of your life. And it might be good stuff. I keep thinking about Facebook. (laughs) Verse 6, is this not the fast that I chose? To loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, that you bring your house to the poor that are cast out? When you see the naked, you cover him and hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light will bring forth in the morning. Then your healing will spring forth speedily. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of your Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will say, And you will cry and he will say, here I am, if you take the yoke from you, from the midst of you. He's talking about fasting. Let's go back to money for a minute. If you can't make it in seven days, you can't, if you can't make it in six, you can't make it in seven. Who is meeting all of your needs? God. Pulling aside and stopping the commerce is proof You trust God. Because in the Old Testament, when they brought the man on Sunday, on the Sabbath, which was Saturday, they went and gathered. Because they were afraid. And, and, And in America today, we're trying to grab all the gusto we can and then grabbing and grabbing and grabbing, and it still isn't doing anything. And and yet people look at me all the time. I don't have time. To read my Bible. I don't have time 
to go to church. Pastor, I don't have time. You don't have time not to. Now, I said this to the young people in the first service. I'm going to say it to the young people in this one. If you're having a problem now before you get married, marriage is like throwing gas on a fire. If you think you needed God, if you, you think you just, you have a problem now, you don't have a problem until you marry another person. Because if you need one scripture now, you're going to need 10 when you get married. 10. For you, maybe 11. And then you're going to have kids. And then when you get older, you're going to be faithful to church and go, help me, pastor. And we're going to go, yeah, I understand. How many of you older people know exactly what I'm talking about? You're looking back now going, boy, I wish I'd have got in a word when I was a kid. Amen. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 8. Holidays are coming. Yay. Pumpkin pie. I got to tell y'all. And I guess it's okay for me to tell them, Lisa, because I'm going to anyway. Lisa made me a pumpkin pie last night. It is gone. It is gone. Now, in my defense, she don't use sugar. She uses stevia and honey, and she don't put a crust on it. And so I call it a vegetable. So I put whipped cream on my vegetables last night, and I had lots of vegetables. I actually ate half that pie. I actually sat down and ate half that pie. Man, Lisa makes the best pumpkin pie in the world. And I keep bragging on her. I'm fixing to go buy her a pumpkin. Here, pumpkin. Okay. How do we get off on pumpkins? The holidays are coming. The holidays are coming. I knew you were going to. Okay. The holidays are coming. And I want you to enjoy them, but I want you to remember why we, ha- why we have them. Why do we have Thanksgiving? We thank God for all that he's done for us. It's not supposed to be a time of stress. Why are we celebrating Christmas? That's the birth of our Savior. That's, it's, not about, it's not about getting to the store and buying everybody their gift and the whole nine yards. It's, it, it's, it's about you enjoying the things of God. So, so, so listen, I don't want to see you missing church because it's Christmas. And Thanksgiving. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I want you to start getting wise to the way you live your life. Anyway, let's go to this. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. You draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. If, if you're not, if you don't have a hunger anymore, you moved. You have moved. You moved off a of sinner. So how do you get it? You cultivate it. Now, now here's, here's the way I do this, and I make myself do it. I have a bedroom. I walk in there, and there's nothing in there except uh, my reloading stuff and my hunting equipment and all the other distractions of life. And, but I have a couch in there with all of my Bibles and books, and, and don't, don't judge me by my room because it's a mess. I got 10 books I'm reading at one time. 
But I'll sit in there and pray when I don't feel like praying. I'll sit and read when I don't feel like reading. And I have people say this to me all the time. Well, I don't understand the Bible. Read it anyway. Read it anyway. When I started, what I know now, I didn't know anything. I, I read it, and when I got finished, I went, that didn't make any sense. And I got up the next day and read it again. And one day I was reading along, and I went, huh, I understood that. Well, that helped me, and I marked it. And every time I find something that helps me, I mark it. That's why I have all these marks. Now, are there stuff I still don't understand? Yeah. Are there times when I read it and I get nothing? Yeah. Are there times I sit and pray and, and I walk away with nothing? Yeah. But I begin a discipline. It's a discipline to pick up my Bible, pick up books, to read and pray. And when I get in my truck, I got Kenneth Hagin, Mark Hankins, Mercy Me. And I'm riding down the road and someone's preaching or I'm singing. Now, I'm going to say something else. Now, this is funny. I've got to tell you all something funny. You don't know how bad you sound until you sing with, micro, with headphones on. <laughs> but I was in my room one day and I just wanted to sing. And I've got, and I got to tell you all, I didn't feel like singing. I really, the reason I did this is that I didn't feel like singing. I didn't. I, didn't, I, could, I, 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 I said, God, I don't feel like singing. So I turned and I, and I went to my pad and Lisa bought me, there's a reason she did this, some earphones. Because I listen to the stuff and I crank it up so loud that she can't hear herself think in the living room. So she gives me these earphones for Christmas and I plug them in and that means nobody can hear the music but me. And she came in and closed the door to my bedroom. She said, what are you doing she said, it sounds terrible. I said, don't worry about it. But, I, but I, I'll, I'll get music and I'll just sing my heart out. I'll just sit there and I'll sing Amazing Grace. And I'll sit and I'll start singing songs. And I, listen, I'm, I'm going to build myself up. I'm going to spend time with God. And then when I walk out... I'm, I'm a far better man for it. Now, over in Luke, he said, because, you, because you've allowed cares, riches, and pleasures to choke the word, you can't let it choke the word out of your life because the word doesn't work until it hits maturity. One more time. Now... In, in my yard, I have grass. I have soil that is black as her sweater. Now, I always thought that was great. And in sometimes it is. Because we had a septic tank. We didn't know we had a septic tank in the left side. We have two. And I didn't know we had another one until we lost a tree and Bob ran over it with his bobcat hauling my tree out of the yard and, and and then we see bubbling and at first I thought it was oil but it wasn't I went out and it was brown but it wasn't oil Jed alright so I went out and we had to just dig up the whole side yard and put a new lid on and we realized that the tank was full of water from the rain and we had to get a whole new drain filled. Well, listen to me. In 30 days, I'm mowing grass. 
You, you can come to my yard. You can't tell we ever dug up anything. A month later, I mean, I got grass, baby. That's awesome. Till you try to grow vegetables. So one day I went out, and y'all heard me tell the story about I tried to grow a garden. I really did. And I went out like a week later, and I couldn't find my tomato plants. And they're behind all the grass. And what was big, boys, were cherries. And they didn't grow because I did not take the time. And if you're going to have a garden, you better get out there and pull the weeds. And you better water the things when it's not raining. And you better fertilize it. And you better get your shotgun and get out there and get rid of the squirrels because they love tomatoes too. And the neighbors hate it. I got a, tw- I got a 22 of them. <laughs> Lady came over and said, you shoot my cat? I went, no. <laughs> I didn't. So help me God, I did not shoot her cat. I think I need to get a, a, a pellet gun. But I finally gave up on the garden. I honest to God gave up on that garden because there's no way in the world to have a garden if you don't have time. Yeah. And I'm trying to say this to you and I as a church. You have to guard. You, you've got to start guarding yourself. I cannot do that for you. I cannot. And I'm serious. I'm sitting as a pastor watching y'all. And I'm watching people who used to come to church every Sunday morning and Sunday night. And there are times I'm seeing you twice a month on Sunday morning. And you're very distracted. And you're not, you're not, and you're not sinning. Someone's calling you on the phone and you're always gone. Are y'all okay? Now, I'm just telling you this because when January comes and all of a sudden Satan jumps on you, you're going to lose the fight. Are you all out there? All right. I think I'm about done. How am I doing for time? Look at that. My God. The longer you've been saved, the more difficult this becomes. It is. Because we know... We know the routine. We're going to sing two slow songs, two fast songs. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Speak in tongues a minute and go home. And you've got a life and God's blessing you and you've got things to do. The Bible says guard your heart. You put a guard around it. Because if Satan can't get you into sin, the next thing he's going to do is get you into Facebook. Or television, or a red box. Are you all all right? Now, I can't go and do what I did with the beer and the booze and the Playboys. Not with the lawn. But I have decided that just because it's the holidays, and, and I've even decided to just start drawing, spending time with God. Just go and get my Bible out and go pray and spend time with God. I don't, want, I don't want to lose. I've been walking with God for 40 years. I'm just going to tell you all, I feel it slipping. Do you? I feel it slipping. I feel the desire to see souls one not as strong as it was. I'm just being honest with you all. Do you all sense that sometimes in yourself? You're just kind of looking around and going, Hmm. 
It's not, it's not time to retire. So, so I'm, I'm stirring up myself. I'm stirring myself up. I'm drawing my own purpose. I'm, I'm on purpose cutting things out. Not forever, but just whatever time it takes. Lay, lay some stuff down. Quit going to movies. Quit watching television all the time. Go in there and spend time with God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And keep myself strong. I've been in battles. I almost preached a sermon today on a fight. You're in a fight. You're in a fight. You have an enemy. And he has full intentions on killing you. I'm going to say that again. You're in a fight. It's funny to me that you and I are Christians and we're told to rest and fight. Does that sound odd to you? It does to me. For a while, it really, it was really, it really messed me up. Now, in the natural, I'm a fighter. I'm naturally a fighter. I don't rest naturally. I had to train myself to rest in God. But I found out when I'm resting in God, I'm usually kind of just sleeping all the time. Until I read that scripture, wake thou that sleepest. But I'm going to tell you something. I've noticed it in my life. Satan's, he ain't resting. And I cannot. I'm going to say this real strong. I can't take a break. I got grandkids. I'm going to come over here and preach. I got granddaughters. I fought the good fight for over 40 years. And I have found out there's no retirement. I can't slack up now. I took my granddaughter out the other day for... It was her birthday, and we went down and took her out to eat. And, and I got to looking at her, and I went, Daryl, you got some praying to do. They're good girls. And then Cody was here this morning, and Tyler. And I look at them, and I go, you raised your kids. You did a good job. <laughs> but you're not done. And no slacking now. And, I, and the seriousness of it hit me. Well, you, 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 can't, you can't relax. Because he's not only trying to kill you, now he's trying to kill your kids and your grandkids. Drag them all to hell. There's no playing. When he says put on the whole armor of God, there's a reason you're putting it on. You 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 got you got to get you got to get an attitude. I ain't going under. Matter of fact, I'm fixing to refire. I'm fixing to crank this puppy right back up again. I'm stoke this thing up. I told Lisa the other day. I said we got some praying to do. We got a nation trying to go to hell. They're trying everything in their power to go to hell. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe I ought to give this church to Justin and just. Me go to the mountains and go fishing. I've had the thought, but I can't. Can't do it. There's too many people that don't know. 
can't quit. The day I quit, y'all will know it because y'all be in here going, we loved him. Line it up. No, and, I, and listen, I'm not stupid. After you walk by my casket, you're going to walk into the children's church and go, where's mashed potatoes? I'm good with it. I got this program down. I've watched too many funerals. How are y'all doing? How many of y'all can understand that the enemy of your life is not bad, it's good? The enemy of God is good, and you are a good people. And some of you might want to trade good for God. Nobody told you you had to answer that phone. Nobody told you you had to answer those emails. It's very intrusive. I'm going to ask you that as the holidays come, for you to plan them. You will always need the word. It is the only thing. That's going to get you through life. Do you got this? Without it. You have nothing. I don't care if you have a new car. I don't care what job you have. If you don't have the word. You do not have anything. And don't you ever allow anything to rob you of that. Now, I'm going to say something really crazy, and I'm not, I'm not meaning it literally. If you don't have enough money for your house payment, and you're working so hard you can't read your Bible, sell your house and buy a mobile home that you own. Are y'all okay? You get radical with yourself. Now, you won't have to do that. You stop making excuses. You quit buying more than you can afford so that you have to work more than you've ever had to work in your life. There's no reason for that. That's not, it might be the American way, but it isn't God. I'm going to say this in closing. There was a time that Sunday was God's day. And I understand that because of work and stuff like that, you can't look at people and jump on them. You can't. You have to judge yourself on where you are. I can't do that for you. And if you've gotten to where you feel like you're not doing what you need to do, you make the adjustments because I'm not going to. I'm going to believe the best of you because we actually have people in here. They really can't be here every Sunday, and that's a fact. And they may be on fire for God and love Jesus, and they can't. We can't sit in judgment of people. But the ones of you that are using that as an excuse, I want you to watch yourself. Because you're going to have a day when you're going to need the word. And it's not going to be there. And you can't sit back and go, oh my God, that I, th- I threw my life away. Are you all okay? If your tomato bushes are not growing tomatoes, it's you. And if you don't have tomato plants, it's because you didn't plant them. If you want a good life, cultivate it. Cultivate the Word of God. Amen? Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. I took a rarely, what I'm going to call a very simple, simple subject. 
maybe not the easiest subject in the world to preach on, and especially the holidays. I pray over this church right now and the people that are sitting here in the sound of my voice. There's such a demand placed on us all the time. Family members, in-laws, outlaws, holidays, it doesn't matter what it is. There's, there seems to be demands from everywhere constantly. I'm going to ask us to give us a spirit of wisdom to go back to putting first things first and, and, and keep you in the middle of these holidays as number one. And then our families, whatever else happens, let it just fly. Let's let it, let it happen. I pray over the people in the sound of my voice that walk out of here today and go, okay, I get this. I get this. That makes sense. I pray for grace and mercy over us and ask you to bless our time together and as we enter Thanksgiving and Christmas and the New Year's, that come January we'll look back and say, we did good. We did good, Pastor. We didn't, we didn't cool down. We, we didn't compromise. We didn't allow the world to place demands on us. And now we, we're tired and wore out. And we give you thanks, Father God, for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.